Chapter Nine of Outlaws of Ravenhurst by Sister Emma Melda Wallace, S.L. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Mercy of a Coward. Sir Roger and Godfrey were in high spirits now that the air was won, almost. They chatted a good half hour, laying new plans. Sir Roger remarked, "Gordon should be coming back from his Skylark ride, or he'll be late for breakfast." Turning toward the old Earl's room, he added eagerly, "'No doubt I can see him from this window.' Like a spurred colt, Godfrey sprang alert, yet his voice was but mildly persuasive, as he suggested, "'The view from the hall window is far better, my lord.' "'But the Earl's is nearer,' laughed Sir Roger, as he strolled to the door. Godfrey whirled, ran noiselessly to the stairs, down and out of sight. Humming a snatch from an ancient ballad, Sir Roger swung open the door of that room of memories to all of Gordon blood, that room which the weakling of the house of Gordon usually avoided. One glance and the smile died. With a hiss of fury he turned on Betsy and roared, How comes this? The fireplace remains with fire on the sacred stone. Carvings, painting, who dared? Please, my lord, the young gentleman just rose. I had no time to clean. I'll have... Clean it? You know very well. Every servant knows well that there must never be a fire on this hearth. Please, my lord, we thought you had changed your mind, my lord. Your orders, my lord. My orders? Who said it was my orders? Master Godfrey, my lord. Big Godfrey come at once. Yes, my lord. And Bessie hurried away. Sir Roger walked up and down with a stiff and snapping stride. "'It is not that I have any Romanism in me,' he argued, as if addressing someone in the back of his own mind. "'I am not a Roman Catholic. I was never one, at least not since my reason has been that of a man, a brilliant and thoroughly educated man. But it was my mother's request, her deathbed request, that nothing should harm the sacred stone.' "'Sacred?' No, no, not sacred. A little wine fell on it years and years ago. Only a little wine. A man must respect his mother's last request, her deathbed wish. Every gentleman does that. Yet, if someone, if Godfrey had seen my anger, he would have said, but he did not see me. Good. Please, my lord, Godfrey cannot be found, my lord came Betsy's quivering voice from the doorway. But Ben's with me to help. We'll fix everything just as it used to be. The tree trunks were only slipped over the soldiers. The stone you wish kept so clean? It has not been harmed, my lord. We placed another one on top of it. Less talk, girl. Set to work. As to the tree trunks, they are mere casings made in the day of Sir Angus to disguise the fireplace when, um... When state papers concerning Mary, Queen of Scots, were hidden there. But take them off. They are clumsy, unsightly, and disfigure the apartment. As to the stone, it must always be kept clean, because, um, because the fireplace is an heirloom, valued only as such, but not to be marred by common use. Sir Roger stalked out of the room of memories, still battling with his own mind to convince that someone in the back of it. Cleverly turned. Yes, rather, let Betsy repeat my words. Who would say there was anything, um, unusual? 
seated in the library sir roger read for five minutes sent for the butler and fumed at him called for his horse and raged at the groom because he saw a tangle in the mane went down to breakfast that had been awaiting his pleasure almost two hours sniffed at everything set before him nibbled a bit of this took a taste of that and bolted a goblet of strong red wine as he shot one last word to silence that adversary within him wine nothing but wine a few drops of blood-red wine fell on the old hearthstone years and years ago suddenly there was a noise in the hall as of a heated argument sir roger jumped from the table and ran out slamming the door the voices died to whispers riding all alone in the forest without a groom scarce more than a barony there comes sir roger you tell him it's your fault and be clapped in the tower not i old edwin broke through the group of cringing servants and said to sir roger quietly my laird we had all fear that harm had befallen the gordon his steed had trailed in with empty saddle Godfrey be waiting by the gate with your steed my laird sir roger hurried away a few moments later the horsemen clattered out through the great gate the dogs picked up the scent and started toward the woods halfway across the meadows godfrey pointed to a tree near the edge of the forest and shouted there he is gordon is not limping no my lord but i don't like his step why nothing seems wrong with him he is not injured but but what look at him my lord head up chest out tramping along he has his mind made up that's certain what do you make of it good gordon has decided to go our way let's hope so but i doubt it look at the jaw of him all the will of the house of gordon up in bristling for a fight fight but why that's exactly what i wish i knew my lord perhaps gordon was not thrown if he got off his horse to talk to someone bolo could have broken away it would mean foul luck for us if uncle john saw the boy ride to the woods alone and contrived but this is a fair day uncle john should be far out at sea before sunrise a fishing stephen douglas is it near enough to easter for him to be skulking around the old ruin may the fiends defend us from him that cutthroat of a priest has spoiled more plans of mine than any other man living if gordon has been with him there will be no doing anything with that boy for a year hold no my lord no godfrey cried out for sir roger's horse was plunging ahead under spur wait go slowly we must find out first find out exactly what i shall do not be able to do anything with gordon for a year eh if that brat has been with stephen douglas he'll learn before he's an hour older with whom he is dealing roger's sallow face grew still more ugly oh have a care my lord have a care godfrey pleaded as their horses thundered toward the woods don't try force it's the worst don't try force don't try force that's always your tune much good and smooth ways you saw this morning the effect of my smooth ways think if the boy has been with stephen douglas he may be heart and soul set to be a martyr of the gordon line i'll see that priest on the scaffold yet but don't try force on the boy now you only rouse all this stubbornness in him then too if he has been with the priest he may have received the sacraments and 
"'You believe in sacrament magic?' sneered Roger. "'No, but sacraments have a strong effect on those "'who have as strong a faith in them as Gordon has. "'Go gently with the lad until we have the facts. "'Get him up to the castle quietly. "'Then call out every man you can trust "'to beat the woods for Douglas. "'I'll put the bloodhounds on that outlaw. "'Trust me for that. "'But go gently with the boy. "'If he has received the sacraments, "'I'll teach him the magic of pain. "'I'll—' "'Oh, have a care, my lord.' Remember your brother James. Remember the will of the house of Gordon. Neither you nor any other man can break his will. Oh, think, sir. Have a care. And of what house do I come? Am I not a scion of the house of Gordon? Can you break my will? Weakling of the house of Gordon, snarled Godfrey. But his voice was lost in the thud of hooves. The little Earl of Gordon had seen the racing horsemen, and he was coming straight toward them, a slim, boyish figure in the shadow of those ancient trees. His square jaw was set, the iron jaw of fire the braze and lang sword, the firm jaw of the old Earl and Sir James, the jaw which for centuries had marked the chiefs of Clan Gordon. But his eyes were Lady Margaret's, deep blue, almost black, with the Douglas fire burning in the depths of them. Bell the cat would have been proud of this boy had he seen him. But, to the lad, it was Daddy Abel's face that rose in his mind, and in his heart he spoke as if to the frontiersman. Uncle is coming, blazing mad. Maybe I must fight it out with him now. Sir Roger drew up his horse with a jerk that turned the foam red from the points of the bit. Explain your conduct, he roared. Conduct? sparred Gordon warily. What were you doing that your horse should come in with an empty saddle? Oh, is that it? I'm sorry if I caused trouble, sir. Bolo took after a deer. I couldn't hold him. I had to jump off or be raked off, sir. Very slyly put. Nothing else detained you these three hours. Did you talk to any person in the wood? Speak up. Don't try to deceive me. Gordon's tongue was never made for cunning speeches. It was always yes or no with him. Tell a lie? Never. Tell the truth? Betray a priest? Not all the breath of life was in him. No words are needed. Your face speaks for you. You were talking to someone. Was it Stephen Douglas? Denied that if you dare. Godfrey cut in sharply. Gordon, you did not mean any harm, I know, but you went to confession to him in the old ruin didn't you? The lad's face brightened. Guessing wrong this time. The flashing thought had scarcely crossed his mind. Not at the ruin, eh? Where, then? At the cave among the cliffs? The cavern by the frist side? The hollow back of Ben Ender? There was joy in the lad's heart. What he did not know could not be learned from him. Answer, will you? snarled Sir Roger, springing from the horse. Though Gordon does not know, my lord, can you not tell it from his face? cried Godfrey. Friar Douglas often binds the eyes of children whom he thinks too young to trust. You can answer like a gentleman whether you know or not. Answer! Answer, will you? Sir Roger struck the boy with his whip. There were a few things that hurt like the sting of a fine supple lash. Gordon sprang back with a sharp cry. A narrow red line rose up across his face. Answer, will you? 
You dare to be stubborn with me. The whip rose again. Don't, my lord, don't, Godfrey cried. The child does not know, I tell you. Keep your place, Godfrey Bertrandson. You have done enough harm and to spare. Gordon would have had this lesson long ago but for you. Stand aside. You dare to step in my way. The boy shall learn with whom he is dealing. Open-faced rebellion, receiving treasonable sacraments, talking to outlawed priests, refusing even to answer when spoken to. Much good your religion does, you young gentlemen. Did you ever hear of the fourth commandment? Fourth commandment says, Honor thy father and mother. Doesn't say one word about uncles. You can find your tongue soon enough when you wish to give impudence with it. You will know whether or not you must obey uncles when I finish with you. Stephen Douglas is not your uncle, I suppose, but you do his bidding, young upstart. Sir Roger struck quick, sharp blows while he spoke. The lash hissed through the air and writhed around the slim body again and again. The child staggered this way and that from the force of the blows. Once or twice, when the burning whip struck the rising welts, there came a sharp cry. That was all. He did not say one word. Sir Roger's arm was growing tired, but the square jaw was still set, and the blue eyes looked straight into his. He began to realize that the boy's will was stronger than his own. Weakling of the house of Gordon. That taunt had been thrown at him since childhood, and now here was a boy with a will stronger than his own. Pride stung him. The whip fell again and again. But Gordon saw that the coward was weakening. The light of victory shone in the blazing Douglas eyes. There was new courage in every line of that little body, still staggering under the weight of the blows. The look in Gordon's eyes stung Sir Roger's pride anew. Yield? Godfrey has seen everything. Yield? Even the groom would sneer. He tried to strike with the same force as before, but his arm was weary, aching. The whip dropped. He had not the power to give with the lad had the courage to take. You may be thankful that I am too merciful to give you more. Then a thought occurred to him. But you deserve no mercy. Go at once to the castle, and without pausing, go straight to your room. You will stay there without food or water till you tell me all that happened this morning. Yes, and until you promise to quit the Catholic Church once and for all. Sir Roger was in great glee. Here was the punishment that could be carried out to the bitter end. It would cost himself no pain. End of chapter 9